podcasting behind enemy lines. Tonight's episode, the new Tim Ballard lawsuit, The Husband's Tale. You'll recall that there have been up to now two separate civil lawsuits filed against Tim Ballard. The first was filed on behalf of five women who so far are unnamed, who claim to have been employees or volunteers or worked in some capacity with Tim Ballard. The following week and most recently, a new and second civil lawsuit was filed with two plaintiffs, and they are husband and wife. And the wife, her story is contained in a statement at the end of the lawsuit, as is the husband's. But yesterday and on the last episode, I read the wife's statement. She appears to have worked as a, an office assistant, perhaps for the CFO of the company, and she got invited by Tim Ballard to go on special ops and special ops training where she learned all about the couple's ruse. And this lasted for approximately a year, where in her statement, she says that she was working full-time for OUR, and that's five days a week, long hours, and now she's being taken away to do these ops and ops training by Tim for the weekends and even longer hours. On top of that, she's not supposed to tell anybody what it is that she's doing. And so her statement, which was really quite remarkable and certainly disturbing, I read yesterday, and I said that I would follow up by reading her husband's statement so we get to find out what's going on on the home front while he's at home going to work and his wife is off at war battling the child traffickers with Tim Ballard. So let me see if I can find this now. I'll I have it ready to go and put up on the screen. Yes, I do. Now let me scroll down a bit. Here we get to the statement of FT. Once again, they state that these initials are not their true initials, but they're waiting until the judge issues a protective order for them to reveal their real names. Now, it's obvious from the details that these plaintiffs are giving that Tim Ballard is going to know who they are because they worked with him and they worked together. And this is the husband of the woman who worked with him in the capacity. And with all the details she's given, it would be a, an easy thing to find out or figure out who it was on Tim Ballard's part. But as far as the public goes, they're waiting for a, excuse me, I'm getting a message here from Microsoft. Got it. Thank you. Um, as far as Tim Ballard goes, right, he knows who they are and he could tell anybody who they are and people who work for OUR probably know who these people are. But as far as the public goes, we're not going to find out until such time as the judge issues a protective order, which I expect a judge would, and then they have the time and they feel it appropriate to reveal their true identity. Obviously, they'll have to at some point. You can't hide behind anonymity and uh, sue somebody all the way up through trial. But I can understand why these people would be concerned about blowback from saying these things about Tim Ballard, considering the fact that he has a lot of ardent devotees, shall we say, who are going to believe the best about him no matter what happens and are going to believe the worst about anybody who says something bad about him. No matter what happens, we'll see how that plays out. At any rate, here we go with a statement by the husband, the husband's tale. He titles it Surviving Tim Ballard. I have been dreading the thought of writing this down and having to relive what has been the absolute worst year or so of my life. The last few months in particular have been an absolute nightmare as things started spiraling and I felt helpless and desperate to save my wife and my family from the grasp 
of Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard. Tim has taken everything from me. He has purposely destroyed my marriage, manipulated my wife, ruined the relationship with my kids and with my wife's family. He has gone as far as harassing me at my place of employment, thus affecting my ability to do my job and earn a living. His narcissism, ego, sexual deviancy, and actions have caused irreparable damage in my life. He has taken my dignity, my home, my self-esteem, and pride. He has used the most noble of causes to manipulate vulnerable and well-meaning women, including my wife, to do unspeakable things and brainwashed them into submission. I think he is a truly evil and dangerous man with a Messiah complex who used the name of God and the guise of saving children to fulfill his own narcissistic desires, deceiving many people along the way, stealing the valor of actual victims, and exploiting their pain for personal gain. I believe all his actions are very deliberate, calculated, and cunning. Okay, so we certainly know what this husband thinks about Tim Ballard. Let's see what the facts are. Context. <clears throat> I feel in order to tell this story, I need to provide some context on AA. Remember, that's his wife, the fake initials for his wife. Our marriage, as well as myself, prior to our introduction to Operation Underground Railroad, my wife and I had a very good marriage. We had been married for 10 years and together for 12. Like any marriage, it is not perfect, but it was filled with love, affection, care, trust, and devotion to each other. He wants to stress this in order to show how much has been damaged by Tim Ballard. I have heard numerous people refer to us as a power couple or mention relationship goals when referring to us. Like what, we want to be like them? Take that for what you will. I believe we both deeply cared about each other and most importantly trusted each other. I have never in my life trusted anyone more than my wife. Because of my trust for her, I never got jealous, often to her playful annoyance. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see how this goes. I mean, if my wife were gone for a year, all weekends, pretty much every weekend for a year, and she didn't tell me why, because she said it's a secret and she can't say, I'm not sure I would have been as patient. This kind of patience seems to strain credulity, at least for me. My wife was always the light in every room. She had a very bubbly personality, an incredibly infectious laugh. It made everyone feel special and loved. She was selfless to a fault. She was and is a truly amazing person. She also had a passion for kids. She was unable to even get through a movie where kids may be harmed. My wife worked from home as a blank, running a fairly successful home-based business. I work in blank, which allowed us to have our evenings, weekends, and holidays together. And I'm guessing that that means they lived close or worked closely together so they could be together in their downtime. Our free time was usually spent with the kids, with my wife's family, being active, or just bumming around the house. We were always very affectionate with a healthy sex life. We have both been married before, so I think we had a healthy respect for this being our second marriage and wanting to do it right. Since my wife's previous husband traveled a lot for work, which eventually led to infidelity on his part from my understanding, it was important to my wife to have a stable and boring life. She said she wanted someone to be at home at nights, someone who she could trust, someone who wasn't always on the go, and someone she felt safe with. I took that to heart and tried to provide that lifestyle to the best of my ability. I also want to point out 
that the kids are not biologically mine. But from very early on, they became my kids. I wanted to be the father I never had, and I wanted my wife to feel loved every day, probably to a fault at times. The irony of this is that the very things my wife hated about her previous marriage is what Tim manipulated her into becoming. I should mention that I was always very financially conservative and somewhat of a minimalist. I still drive the same 22-year-old car. When we met, I felt the need to provide financial stability for her and her kids. I never had a need for a fancy lifestyle and felt that I would rather sacrifice instant gratification to take care of what needs to be taken care of. The kids never went without. They still participated in sports and dance, and we went on family vacations and had plenty of experiences. We just didn't live lavishly, even as our financial position improved. I wanted to touch on this because eventually, because of my wife's involvement with Tim, our finances started spiraling out of control. Okay, now I see what the point is trying to make. Introduction to OUR, the fundraiser. Sometime in the summer of 2021, my wife was introduced to Operation Underground Railroad. Her passion immediately took over and she decided to sponsor a fundraiser for them. She worked tirelessly over the course of a few months to make that happen. Once my wife gets passionate about something, she becomes obsessed with it. I helped her as much as I could, helping leverage some relationships to get donations, setting up websites, running some of the finances, etc. The fundraiser took place in August of 2021 and was very successful. She had a great turnout and raised close to $25,000. Looking back in hindsight, it's quite sad to know that $25,000 probably didn't even cover one of Tim's operations. Considering the five-star hotels, first-class tickets, and alcohol bills, I would later come to see. Okay, that sounds like we're starting to get into some facts now. Community outreach. After the success of her fundraiser, my wife was offered a job at OUR working in community outreach. She was in charge of volunteers for several states. It seemed like an entry-level position, but again, my wife gave it all she had. She attended and supported every event she could, even covering for her counterparts, who seemed to not take the job as seriously. Again, I tried to help when possible, volunteering at multiple events, running booths, selling merchandise, etc., all for the good of the cause she so believed in. Every dollar raised was going to help save a child, in her mind. Simon Brewer. My wife applied for and got the job of blank to blank. The CFO slash COO at the time for OUR. Okay, and so based upon what we saw in the prior statement by the wife, that's probably the um, office assistant for Brad, the CFO slash COO at the time for OUR. She didn't have much experience in that field, but she had a go-getter attitude and was willing to learn. Many things, many evenings were spent with me helping her make spreadsheets, word certain emails, etc. Blank, which is probably Brad, treated her boss, treated my wife well, and I was always ensuring she made work and life balance a priority. Family reunion slash meeting Tim Ballard slash meeting Janet Russin. Summer 2021, I believe July, perhaps August. The event was put on as a company get-together. My wife and blank, blank, helped organize the event. This was the first time I physically met Tim and Janet. Family was invited to the second portion of the event, which was held at Fat Cats in Saratoga, excuse me, in Saratoga Springs. There was a bowling session where families could mingle. 
followed by a screening of a couple of movie choices. I believe that is the first time I watched Sound of Freedom since that was available as one of the options. Now, remember, Sound of Freedom had actually been produced and completed some years before it was released, and it was held up because of the, the investigation that was going on before it was finally released July 4th of 2023. By the way, once again, for those watching from the future, it is now August of 2023, August 21st, to be precise, that I'm recording this. All right, so that's one of the options. He saw Sound of Freedom at this party being held, fundraiser, summer of 2021. After the movie, I met Tim. Oh, wait, 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 I missed part. I thought the movie was well done, but it seemed a little far-fetched, and it seemed like it probably took many liberties with the story. After the movie, I met Tim in the lobby. I was walking out with my wife, and Tim was standing there with blank and Matt Osborne, I believe. I cannot remember exactly how it happened, but I believe blank stopped us and introduced my wife to Tim, so that would probably be Brad. That would be the natural thing for his wife's boss to do. At which point, I also introduced myself to him. What I vividly remember is how Tim sized me up at that moment and made some comment about my build. Now, he doesn't say if it's like you're built or you're not built, but I'm guessing he has a good build. I don't know why Tim would comment on it otherwise. Some comment about my build. I remember because it seemed awkward and he stared at me for a little too long. In fact, Brad made the joke to stop starring, staring probably, and that he was being creepy. Well, we all laughed, but as I walked away, I told my wife that was weird and she said, yeah, okay. I'm looking for a little bit more in the way of facts here. Hopefully they'll be coming shortly. After the fat cat session, everyone met up at a lodge in Mill Creek Canyon for dinner. By the way, just so you understand, from my point of view, if you're writing a statement about facts, you should pretty much limit it to facts unless what you think and what's going on in your mind is really, really important to the narrative. Otherwise, it looks like you're kind of uh, maybe prone to jumping to conclusions or reading other people's minds, and that's not necessarily a good thing in a statement of this sort. So continuing, after the fat cat session, everyone met up at a lodge in Mill Creek Canyon for dinner. My wife was running around, making sure the food was properly handled, tables were set, etc. I helped her with whatever I could, including setup and takedown. Tim gave a speech at the event, and it seemed very odd. It was very passionate and awkward at the same time. It seemed like some executive was just recently fired by the organization. And Tim seemed more concerned about berating that previous executive than anything else. It seemed very cultish. That's a strong word to use. It seemed very cultish in a tone of you're either with us or against us and don't question the company type thing. I thought it was particularly odd to do this on stage in front of other employees, given that it seemed like an HR issue of sorts, human resources issue. During the mingling period, I also met Janet Russon, the psychic, one of two for the first time and only time in person. What stood out to me, especially in hindsight, was what Janet said to my wife. After some brief conversation, she looked my wife up and down and said, I have a feeling I'll be working with you a lot in the future. Well, who would know better than a psychic? I chalked it up to just being kind of weird and did not think much of it at the time. Now looking back, I get chills thinking about that moment. You see, this is the kind of stuff that's really not helping the strength of this statement, in my opinion. Other people might differ. I think what he's trying to insinuate is that um, Janet Russon, not being a psychic, just knows the kind of woman that Tim would be interested in. And that's why she thinks looking at this man's wife 
that Tim is probably going to be working a lot with her in the future or that the psychic will, which is similar. The psychic works a lot with her in the future. Tim's going to be too as well. Once again, we're getting into a lot of mind reading and assumptions. After the event, I remember my wife, blank, blank, somebody's husband, and myself. So a group of us, including my wife, were left to do the final cleanup. I thought it was a little strange that Tim didn't stick around to help afterwards. I guess he was too important. Okay. This is the kind of little stuff that really doesn't help your statement. Now, hopefully this is going to get better. All right. Time with Tim Ballard, October 2021. Evil enters our world. Sometime in October of 2021, my wife tells me that she was working late at the OUR building in probably Brad's office, and Tim walked in unexpectedly. Hmm. Okay, hang on just a second, if you will, because I'm pretty sure, just having read this yesterday, that the wife says it's October of 2022, that this first instance with her meeting Tim Ballard, one-on-one, the first time one-on-one where he walks into the office, 7 o'clock p.m. at night, it's October, remember, in her statement. I'm just going to go check it now. Hang on a second. Let me see where I am. This is page 53. Okay. It's kind of long, so let's get back up here. Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. Yep, I remembered correctly. Tim first approached me when I was working late at the office in October 2022. All right. You know, I've certainly gotten years wrong before. I mean, last Mormonism Live last Wednesday, I said 2003 when I meant 2023. So I was off by 20 years. It's one thing to misspeak. These are pretty important dates. And I think that these might have been correlated a little bit better. All right. Here we are. Yep, I'm getting, all right, once again, back to the husbands. October 2021, that's what he says, evil enters our world. Sometime in October of 2021, my wife tells me that she was working late at the OUR building in Brad's office, her boss's office, and Tim walked in unexpectedly. Tim tells her that he had some sort of supposed revelation and that he saw her face and didn't even really know who she was but he knew that she needed to be the next female operator on the upcoming mission. He tells her that he cannot believe she's here at this hour when he just happened to drop by and that it has to be a sign from God. My wife asks me what my thoughts about her going on a mission are. And my initial reaction was, hell no. I remember her being somewhat disappointed and trying to convince me of all the reasons that it would be good. After some conversation, I felt like I couldn't deny her the opportunity to experience this, especially given her passion. I asked a multi multitude of questions and had many reservations about her going. I was especially concerned about her safety. I wanted to know details of the security team, how they operate, is she insured on these trips, what her role would be, why her, why her out of all people since she has no training in any, in any kind of undercover work, no law enforcement background, and so forth. It was a huge red flag for me, but I also wanted to support my wife and not have her resent me for denying her this opportunity. I was given some assurances of safety and some vague answers, which were less than satisfactory and largely probably due to the, to the fact that my wife was also not really given any straight answers. 
I very reluctantly agreed to the mission. After all, this was such a good cause and they were trying to save kids. My only ask was that she check in with me as often as possible so that I knew she was safe. My wife went on her first practice mission to California to practice. I remember being somewhat frustrated with the lack of communication while she was gone. When she got back, she was excited that she did really well on the mission. And Tim told her she was a natural. She was so excited that she was finally going to be able to make a difference. Tim, of course, filled her head with visions of grandeur in regards to the impact she can have and how many kids she would be able to save. I asked my wife why there was such a lack of communication and how we agreed how important that was. And she skirted around the issue saying that she was extremely busy on the op, that things move fast, that she couldn't really have her phone around and that she was not able to think about her being in her role and being a wife mom at the same time, method acting, that contacting me would not allow her to be in character, etc. This became more of a theme as time went on to the point where communication was almost completely broken between us. Again, with the benefit of hindsight, I now know that this was carefully orchestrated by Tim. He purposely isolated her, put her in uncomfortable situations, and sexually harassed her during that trip to build chemistry and make sure she was up to the job. Looking back, this was the first time in our marriage that I can identify as my wife purposely withholding information from me. He underlines that. She knew that if she told me what really happened on that first practice mission, I would have put an end to all of it. Oh, she knew that if she told me. Okay. She was also sworn to secrecy by Tim to not share anything that happened, even with me, since people don't really understand what it takes to save a child and the whole dark world they need to operate in. Tim began his grooming process with my wife. At one point, one of my coworkers who has been with me as a confidant every step of the way through this and I joked that if we didn't know any better, this would be a perfect cover-up for an affair. Exotic places, no communication, traveling with another man, all covered by the most noble of causes. How ironic that proved to be, or prescient. Over the next few months, my wife went on several more missions. Each one became progressively more frustrating and tension started to build in our home. She began to withdraw emotionally and physically. I felt like something was wrong, but we were unable to have real conversations about it. Many times when she would talk about the missions, I would point out that it seems like she was being put in extremely dangerous positions or situations. Things such as booking flights and hotels under her own name, Tim being a recognizable public figure, the possible danger of facial recognition, and so forth. I asked about security teams, and the answer seemed off. It just didn't seem or sit right with me. I also started questioning why I never had any interactions with Tim. It seemed odd. It got to the point where I finally said that if she continues to put herself in that kind of danger and disregard the potential impact this can have on her family, then I would rather just bury my head in the sand and not know about it. Hmm. She would later go on to say, I never wanted to hear about operations, which was not true. I was never told the true nature of operations, only vague information that never added up. At one point, my wife said she needed to get very provocative, almost nude, and have boudoir-style pictures taken. That's where she's posing as 
an escort or learning how to be an escort. That was a shock. And when I say that, um, that was part of the cover. Okay. I want to make that clear since I said that in the other prior podcast, but not here. Just for clarity's sake. That was a shock to me. I bet it was. I had major concerns about that and felt like that cannot really be a serious request. She said one of the traffickers they met said she could use those photos to infiltrate dark web sex rings. Yeah, that would be Julie. Tim thought it was the best idea and convinced my wife she should do it. I was powerless to stop her. At one point, she contacted a photographer who wanted six grand just as hazard pay to take the photos because of the risk of them potentially being traced back to the photographer. Hmm. Never mind the fact that my wife's actual face was about to be exposed to God knows what kind of danger. I tried to point out the extreme danger of doing this, but my wife didn't want to disappoint Tim since he thought it would be such a great way to save more kids. Mind you, my wife never got any additional hazard pay, life insurance, or anything during this time. As a matter of fact, she was kept a secret from many people at OUR. While she was doing these operations, Tim kept assigning her more and more administrative things to do. She was asked to juggle her regular job responsibilities as blanks blank. That's probably as, as Brad's um, office assistant. While working on special projects for OUR, working on more personal items related to Tim and being an undercover operator. Her time with the family deteriorated to almost nothing. And when she was home, she was not present. It started majorly affecting our relationship, the kids, her relationship with her friends, and with our extended family. I began to self-isolate as well because I got tired of the constant questions of where is your wife? Can you have your wife text me back? Why isn't your wife here? Etc. Until recently, I've never heard the words couples ruse or been told the actual part my wife played. I was told she was a madam of sorts. Again, the details always made the stories fall apart. But the more I tried to understand, the more tension it put on our marriage. Eventually, I had to just go along to get along. My wife eventually transitioned to become Tim's full blank employee. I'm not sure why that would have to be redacted. Hmm, okay, Tim's full blank. She would do everything for him from getting his car detailed to taking him to doctor's appointments to picking up his medication. This transition was a mess in and of itself. She was promised multiple positions, bouncing back and forth for a while in a limbo state of frustration. She was told she would become the deputy COO for the company. Essentially, Tim wanted her to spy on everyone in the company. She was also promised huge raises, excuse me, which never materialized. That would become a theme during her time with Tim as well, especially in her time after leaving OUR and working for Tim Ballard or the Spear Fund. Another thing that caused concern from my end was that people would turn over at a rapid pace within OUR. Seemingly high-level positions seemed to be there one day and out the next. Everyone was always out to get Tim. The only consistent good guy doing God's work was Tim. Anyone that would dare question him would be disparaged beyond belief. 
I pointed this out to my wife over time and said, I don't know who the good guys or bad guys are anymore, but there seems to be only one constant. Tim's the good guy, right? <laughs> that didn't really sit well with her. Our conversations and arguments started becoming increasingly more Tim Ballard focused. I knew something wasn't right. I just could not properly navigate the conversation without it ending up in an argument. My wife would accuse me of accusing her of having an affair. I don't remember that really being a true possibility in my mind until about July. But I certainly felt like Tim was manipulating her in some way, and my wife started to change to a person I was not able to recognize. The affection was almost completely gone. The conversations were all combative and defensive. The light that was once hers was not shining anymore. Many people around us observed similar things, although we kept things really private so no one understood the extent of what was happening. I don't think we even really understood the extent of it all. Hang on just a second, if you will. Okay, going on. In May of 2023, just this past May, I won an all-expenses-paid awards trip to Cancun for me and a guest. I was extremely excited for the award and even more so for the vacation that my wife and I could have on our own at this unbelievably beautiful resort. I ended up extending the vacation by three days on our own dime prior to us, our leaving, so that we could have some extra much-needed time alone. So his wife goes with him on the vacation, apparently. I asked my wife on many occasions if we can please just set work aside for those six days and focus on us. Just disconnect and be together. I was promised that would be the case. It wasn't. Tim kept her occupied the entire time. It was hurtful and frustrating and caused more damage to our relationship. Oftentimes, Tim would call just, he would call just to be consoled by her because of everything that was going on. I remember thinking, I'm your husband and I need you. He has a wife of his own. Let him talk to her. But if I brought it up, it would cause an argument. Around the same time, things started really escalating at OUR due to the sexual assault allegations brought forth against Tim, as well as the Sound of Freedom movie scheduled for release. I was told by my wife that blank went on an operation with Tim and that she was now causing trouble, making allegations against Tim. So this is the woman that was one of the two that his wife suggested Tim use as operators, right? Okay, so here's a connection between this affidavit or statement and the wife's statement. Eventually, Tim would be fired by OUR, which was later recanted to allow him to resign. I was constantly being told how the devil got into OUR and how Tim was being railroaded. I was told that Tim was fired because he held Blank's hand on an operation to protect their cover. Right, that's the cover story. That made zero sense. But I remember hearing my wife and Tim on speakerphone discussing it and Tim passionately stating that nothing happened. That HF is crazy. Okay, so those are apparently this woman's initials <clears throat> or maybe her fake initials. That HF is crazy and that and she's crazy like all the other crazies before her and that he only held her hand. I would later learn the real story, but at that time, at the time, that story was very hard to accept. 
But again, my only option felt like believing it to support my wife or risk ending the marriage. Those truly seemed like the only options. During the investigation period, Tim was obsessively calling my wife at all hours of the day and night. He needed continued reassurance that he would not be going to jail, that there would not be other women coming forward, and that he did nothing wrong. He talked about the other women so often that I finally asked my wife why he was so worried about other women if there was no truth to it, and that it seemed like there was something to the story. My wife wouldn't hear it. And again, it became an argument over me hating Tim versus the facts of what was going on. Shortly after Tim was fired, he coerced my wife to follow him on his new venture, which included the Spear Fund. I heard him on multiple occasions telling her how much of an impact this will have, how much more free they can be to do actual work that OUR doesn't do anymore, and how much money they would make, and how much she would make. I remember at one point my wife saying they're going to at least double, if not quadruple, my salary from OUR. That seemed insane, but okay. He also kept talking about fat bonuses she was going to get after the Sound of Freedom tour and making other extravagant claims. The whole thing seemed very shady. One time we were sitting in my car outside of her parents' home, and my wife and Tim were discussing pay. I told her to put it on speaker, so they're on the phone. Tim was talking about how she was going to get paid through Spear, and then he was going to also pay her through Nazarene Fund as a supplement because no one watches that fund, quote-unquote. Hmm. So he's saying that that's what Tim said, that uh, his wife will get some money from the Nazarene Fund as a supplement because no one watches that fund. I think they're watching it now, Tim. I told my wife that none of this sounds right, and is she sure she trusts him? I think my wife was just as confused at the time as I was and was frustrated by that. On multiple occasions after that, I asked my wife if she was sure she was hitching her wagon to the right horse. I believe by that time she had no other options but to trust Tim. Let me get another drink here. This is thirsty work. All right. Things are definitely heating up. We're going downhill. Eventually, my wife received a termination letter from OUR, not long after Tim. It did not lay out any of the promises Tim made, specifically the negotiated one-year severance that Tim promised. It actually laid out strong language that seemed like my wife was getting fired and was not eligible for re-employment. There's another connection between the two statements. His wife mentioned this in hers too. I got really concerned about that and immediately reached out to my wife. My wife was on a plane with him when I reached out via WhatsApp. Tim assured her that it was all a mistake and spun it. Of course, again, I was becoming the bad guy by questioning him. This was all leading up to the release of Sound of Freedom. If I thought my wife was overworked and absent earlier, nothing really prepared me for what was to come. To say she works seven days a week, 20 hours per day is not an exaggeration. Communication between us became almost non-existent, and the only topic of conversation when my wife was present was Tim and the Sound of Freedom, the talk show circuit, the TV circuit, etc. There was so much excitement around it that what little of my wife was left for our family was consumed by that. The travel schedule got out of control. 
At one point, our 17-year-old son actually had a mental breakdown when he found out my wife was leaving again. I tried talking to her, but this was all too important. I couldn't wrap my head around why she always had to be with Tim. She said he is unable to do anything by himself. He gets lost. He doesn't show up to places. And that he always needs her to be there. She was his employee, not his wife. It became very frustrating and painful. And honestly, something just seemed so off. I started thinking for the first time that maybe there was some sort of an affair. If not physical, then perhaps emotional. It made no sense at all. At this point, they are not saving kids. They are not on missions. They are just traveling around to build up Tim's brand and feed his ego. How could she not see this? The movie was bringing awareness, which I now do not believe to be true since it's all fiction. But this is what she was so passionate about. Moreover, Tim was having my wife personally finance many of these trips with her own credit card. I still to this day do not understand why he would put her in that sort of financial position. This caused a lot of issues between us, needless to say. Not only was my wife working on a promise and a handshake with no actual income coming in, she was forced to finance Tim's brand by paying for all the travels, hotels, restaurants, etc. during the Sound of Freedom tour. And I imagine that there will be receipts to prove those allegations. It was a source of intense friction between us. And somehow it always boiled down to her accusing me of accusing her of something. The power this man had over her and the level of manipulation and brainwashing was unbelievable. My wife opened additional credit cards to keep financing things once her main card was maxed out. This is amazing to me. I've got to say, because we know that this man, Tim Ballard, and his organization is raking in millions and millions and millions of dollars, but he's having this guy's wife his employee put all this stuff on her credit card. She put a total of close to $50,000 on personal credit cards, some of which was eventually reimbursed by Angel Studios, okay, and some by Tim's Rockwell community or company. However, for months, she carried his debt, financed his expenses, and it seemed like the reimbursement was always around the corner but never quite there. I mentioned earlier that I've always been debt averse and financially conservative, so that put a lot of strain on our marriage and how we handled finances. It basically spiraled, all spiraled, out of control with no end in sight. In mid-July, my wife left for New York for a screening of Sound of Freedom with former President Trump. She took my son because Tim promised him he could meet Trump. What a great guy. He was so excited, and all I could do was act excited for him. I even proudly shared a picture of my son with Trump on social media to support his experience. Inside, I was dying. I need my wife. She didn't need to be there. But it was cool. And Tim was cool. So I endured it. I decided to email her a letter expl explaining my feelings. It was a heartfelt letter explaining all my feelings, admitting all the mistakes I thought I made, trying to take blame for things that I may have done or said to add to our current state of marriage. I laid out my feelings of distrust towards Tim and my desire to find a way back to each other. I never received a response. Hmm. In late July, my wife left for a work trip to Miami with Tim. She was supposed to return on a certain date, but her plane got delayed, then canceled. I helped her find another flight home, but then that flight also got canceled. I started getting suspicious. So I checked the flight tracker 
and noticed that it was not, in fact, canceled. I called her at the hotel, and it sounded like there were whispers in the background. I questioned her, and she got extremely defensive, and the conversation ended. I do believe the flight cancellation was legitimate. It just happened to coincide with some of the storms happening and was later verified. However, at the time, it didn't help my suspicions. I point this out because it all led up to what became the catalyst for our separation and path to divorce. That night, I had multiple panic attacks. I don't know what was going on. My wife was gone, and I was left alone to fill in the gaps. I decided to book a flight to Alaska to visit some family there and be somewhere where I could feel safe. I stayed for 10 days and completely neglected my work duties during that time. I just needed to get my bearings. A good portion of the time was spent in bed, lamenting or crying, not being able to sleep at night, mind racing about what was happening in my life, how we got here, and how I could protect my wife from something I increasingly felt was dangerous and wrong. I wrote several notes to myself in my phone of my feelings at the time to process instead of sending them to my wife, because I was afraid of her reaction. I eventually shared them with her. We had several fights in Alaska, all centered around Tim. I was afraid of what I was going to come home to. I returned from Alaska early on a Wednesday morning. My wife opened the door and gave me a big embrace. I breathed a sigh of relief. We had a great three days afterwards until that Friday evening. My wife stayed at work late and talked to Janet Russin for a long time. I'm not sure of Tim's involvement at the time. She eventually returned home around midnight. I waited for her in bed until almost 2 a.m. Eventually, I made my way to the basement and asked her what she was doing. She said she was looking for hair color for her mom. At 2 a.m., I asked. She got frustrated and came to bed. I couldn't fall asleep after that. Something felt wrong and off again. I went downstairs and found her cell phone in the storage room for some reason. For the first time in our marriage, I decided to read through her text messages and check her call logs. I found that Tim had been texting her all night and asking her to call him when she got home. I was sick about it. He said he wanted to be there for her, but only if it helped her. It was all For her. She spent an hour on the phone with him after midnight. I was sick about it. Oh, he could tell that by looking at her phone. I get it. I was sick about it. Didn't understand. I thought we had a breakthrough, and then that happened. I walked upstairs and confronted her about it. I then proceeded to scroll through her phone and found multiple other inappropriate messages from Tim to my wife. One was joking about hand jobs and blow jobs. Another was asking her if she has made love to an operator named Alex yet. Made love to an operator named Alex yet? This seems to be violating the rules. It made me absolute, the rules that allegedly Tim put down, that there's no kissing and no touching private parts. That one. Okay. Um, It made me absolutely sick. I still didn't think there was an affair, but I also thought I was lying to myself. Why would her boss send her such inappropriate messages, sexual in nature? So now by boss, he's talking about Tim, not Brad. I knew at that time he was grooming her. I didn't know about what happened on operations yet, but I thought this was him grooming her because he was able to manipulate her into thinking 
She was in a terrible marriage. I told my wife that night I had enough and I wanted a divorce. The next day we didn't speak at all. And the following Sunday, she left on a work trip again. I didn't really want a divorce, but I was desperate. I thought maybe if she understood the depth of seriousness here, then she would snap out of this. But instead, she left to be by Tim's side because he needed her there. At this point, I did confide in a few close friends. They were absolutely stunned and shocked at what was happening. The common theme seemed to be they always knew how much I loved her, how glowingly I spoke of her, and how proud I always was of her. One said I was always her number one cheerleader through everything. So when things started unraveling, it seemed unbelievable. When they heard about why, it only got more baffling and confusing. I went to work the next day and wrote her another letter. Instead of filing for a divorce, I thought I would make one more appeal to her. I delivered the letter when she returned, and it was not well received. I know now it was because of Tim's manipulation. I asked her as a final plea to come with me to her parents' house, her parents' house, to see if they can mediate some of this conversation between us. That also went terribly wrong. Later on, I found out some of that conversation, very private and intimate details, were shared with Tim. Tim then proceeded to ridicule and make fun of me behind my back to my wife. When we returned home, I checked her messages again. There was more conversation between Tim and her, more manipulation, more Tim wanting to be there for her. At that point, I lost it. I confronted her wrongfully and loudly about the affair. I don't know why it says wrongfully. I couldn't think of any other reason. It was not a good scene and I deeply regret it. She took the kids and left the house and went to her parents. My son and mother-in-law came by later and I spoke with both of them. I apologized. My son and I cried. My son kept asking if we can please fix whatever is going on. He was so confused. He said how we have always all loved each other so much and he doesn't understand what's going on. He said he knew it had to do with mom's work and Tim. I didn't want to go into it then, but I assured him I would do whatever I could to see if we can work it out. I also spoke with my mother-in-law <clears throat> who asked that I just give my wife some space, her daughter, my wife, some space. She said she'll realize her fault in this and come around. I agreed I would do that, and I did. Before she left the house, I said something along the lines of, I know Tim for who he really is, and I'm going to expose him. The next day, I got a call from a work colleague at another bank. Ah, so this individual, the husband, works at a bank, apparently. <clears throat> he sounded, you got to be careful when you write these things up, <laughs> that you don't give more information than you were planning on. A bank would have been better there. Okay. Or just not even mention it. He sounded very concerned and said he didn't know what was going on, but was told that another one of his colleagues, name redacted, received a disturbing phone call about me. Hmm. The caller said I was involved in some sort of assassination attempt on a political figure. And because of my hacking and interference, multiple people's lives were at stake in Ecuador. This was insane. That's what he writes. That's what I'm thinking. This was insane. <laughs> I went upstairs and opened my wife's laptop, which was signed into her iCloud 
And I found a message to her from Rad Barrett, that's R-A-D-D, Rad Barrett, probably born in the 80s, saying that he had contacted my industry, referring to me as my wife's estranged husband, as well as numerous government entities to warn them of my hacking attempts and my involvement in the Ecuadorian incident. I was completely shaken and stunned. My hacking attempts consisted of looking at my wife's text messages <laughs> on her phone and her iCloud, neither of which she was hiding. The phone had the same lock code on it as long as I could remember. This escalated to a level I never imagined. I called my wife, and she was also upset. Well, that's something. She was aware of it and was working to fix it. I went and filed a police report about it with the South Jordan Police Department to protect myself. <clears throat> okay, good. So there should be police reports that will corroborate, uh, at least that this was reported at that time. That same day, I called someone I knew and trusted who worked for OUR. I wanted to know if my intuition on Tim was correct or if I was completely off base. Oh, you know you're not off base. If I was wrong and Tim was a good guy, I wanted to know. If I was right, then I wanted confirmation. He confirmed all my feelings about Tim and asked if I wanted to talk to their current CEO, whose name is redacted, since he might find this information helpful. I said, yes, I did. I was mad and frustrated, and I wanted to get answers. Remember, I think as of this time, Tim now has been fired slash allowed to resign from OUR, gone on to the Spear Fund. The people who remain there are probably, at least of the CEO, privy to the results of the investigation that caused him to get fired slash allowed to resign from OUR. So he would probably be interested in hearing about this. The next morning, I got a Facebook Messenger message from Blank, Blank's husband. He said, call me. We had never spoken before, but I knew who he was. I called him immediately, and the unraveling of all the information and all my fears started. I immediately asked him if Tim really only held Blank's hand. Okay, let me go back here. The next morning, I got a Facebook, mess Facebook Messenger message from Blank, which is the husband of the woman who filed the complaint against Tim back in February or January from the Mexico mission. That's who this is. He said, call me. We have never spoken before, but I knew who he was. I called him immediately, and the unraveling of all the information and all my fears started. I immediately asked him if Tim really only held his wife's hand, at which point he filled me in on the entire situation. He said his wife did everything with Tim, including oral sex and rubbing of genitals, stopping short of actual penetration. He told me about the couple's ruse, the spiritual manipulation, the other women who wanted to come forward. Everything hit me like a sledgehammer. I asked if my wife was ever a part of this, to which he answered, she was in the deepest and the longest. From what he heard and said she was Tim's mistress for the better part of the year. I asked him to meet me in Lehigh, to which he agreed. I didn't want to believe it, but he showed me text messages of some of the disgusting exchanges between Tim and his wife. It was clear that Tim was grooming his wife in the messages. 
My wife and I were not speaking at the time, and she was ignoring me. So in desperation, I called R.B., Tim's family member. So the B must be Ballard. I met R.B. before, and I knew my wife and her were close. So it is a female. I wanted to know if any of this was true. This female member of Tim Ballard's family confirmed the couple's ruse, but said she didn't know of an affair. Okay. Later that morning, I received a cryptic message followed by a threatening phone call. I hung up when the person wouldn't provide me their name. Oh, I wish we have the details on what made it threatening. That would be a good idea. They called back and left a voicemail saying, and I'm paraphrasing, that I had an easy way out. I should have taken the way out, that I will see how tough guys end up, that I'm a pussy, and that they will ruin my career in my industry. I reverse looked up the number and found out it was Rad Barrett, the same person who told my wife that I was responsible for hacking attempts in connection with the Ecuadorian assassination. I also found out that Rad was working for Tim and was previously employed by OUR. When I informed OUR of Rad's threats, they were surprised he worked for Tim and said they must really be scraping the bottom of the barrel to have Rad involved. Okay, I think we're almost getting to the end of this here. I'll continue. Later that day, I met with Blank at OUR's headquarters around 4 p.m. A few minutes into the conversation, Blank, a lawyer for OUR, joined our meeting. David couldn't say much due to his gag order. Now, who the heck is David? I think it's one of these names that was redacted before, but not redacted now. Once again, the redaction in these statements leaves something to be desired. So David couldn't say much due to his gag order, but I wanted to find out if what I was hearing about, wait a second, that could be David, oh, it's not Lopan, but Dave I can't remember his name, but he was one of the people who has been identified as working with Tim during this, one of the operatives. David couldn't say much due to his gag order, but I wanted to find out if what I was hearing about my wife, Tim, Blank, and other women were true. Blank, Blank was unable to directly answer any questions, but there were some implications made that I was not wrong. I knew about Blank and no one there denied it. They said they never directly saw my wife be inappropriate with Tim, but there was speculation. They said my wife was the only one who defended Tim in her report to the investigator, the investigator of this sexual complaint by this person in uh, Mexico. They said, right, right. My wife was the only one who defended Tim in her report to the investigator. I later found out that Tim made my wife cover for him and withhold certain pieces of information. Again, I don't blame her given the level of manipulation I have now discovered by this man. Blank and Blank both said that Tim is a master manipulator. I later spoke with Matt Osborne, and the conversation was similar to the one with Blank. They both genuinely seemed concerned for me, for my wife, for our marriage and situation, and were very sorry to hear what was happening. I asked at one point if they felt they needed to protect her and why they didn't. And their answer was that they tried, but Tim would basically bully everyone into submission to get his way. That also seemed to be the case with the firing slash resignation of his wife, I think. All of this, or maybe it's talking about his own. Yeah, that could be made clearer. Tim's own. 
All of this happened in early August, and, and life since then has been absolute hell. I've lived in fear over how Tim might retaliate. I took almost two months off work for mental health reasons. I was unable to perform my duties. I completely neglected my responsibilities. Thankfully, my employer has been supportive throughout the process. It has been humiliating having to explain to upper management why I am unable to work or to not lose credibility with clients. I've had sleepless nights after sleepless nights, not being able to get through a full night's sleep without waking up and thinking about what has happened and what this monster has done. I've prayed for God to take me in my sleep on multiple occasions. My family was my life, and this man tried to take it away from me. For what? For his sick fantasies? Many times I felt like I was screaming underwater and no one could hear me. I felt powerless against him, against his resources, and his almost cult-like following in Utah. I fully understand why his victims are scared to death to come forward. I have heard him say before that they have one stone, I have a thousand. Now, that was similar to another statement made in the prior lawsuit about I have one, you have one brick, I've got a thousand. That was a brick, this is a stone. I have heard him say before that they have one stone, I have a thousand. I've also been warned about Tim's vindictive nature and his readiness to bully and destroy anyone who dares to stand in his way. Until recently, my wife has cut off communication with me. Until recently, okay. As did her family, who I thought was my family as well. When I tried to bring these things to light, I was gaslighted into thinking I'm crazy. I believe Tim was able to manipulate my wife's family through my wife. Her family and I always had what I believed to be a very good relationship. I was always first to help in any way I could, always pushing to spend Sundays with them, always looking forward to holidays, etc., I was and am deeply hurt how they have all turned on me. Her dad went as far as threatening me via text if I harmed her once when she and I were just talking. It was extremely painful. I'm still uncertain how people you have known for so long, who know your character, who have seen how you've treated and loved their daughter and grandkids for 12 years, can turn so quickly. The only person to reach out to me has been her brother to apologize for berating me in a call once. I told him I didn't care about that, apology accepted, but that I believed his sister was in danger. Regardless of what he heard or thought of me, I wanted him to please at least consider that. He said he wasn't interested in being involved in our drama. I can only imagine that under the influence and direction of Tim, terrible things have been said about me. And this whole story is literally almost unbelievable. So a part of me doesn't blame them for not believing it at the time. They have treated me like some sort of mentally disturbed criminal, all the while I was just trying to protect their daughter and my family. But I know they have now seen the reports, the news, and have spoken with my wife. So hopefully their opinion changes. <clears throat> Tim has repeatedly influenced my wife and tried to manipulate her into getting the text messages he knew I had regarding lady who made the complaint so that he can get ahead of it. When my wife and I resumed our communication and I thought we were rebuilding our trust, he purposefully used that to get information. At one point in time, my wife told him she's running an operation in her own home. At one point in time, my wife, my wife told him she's running an operation in her own home asking him what information he wanted her to get and what he wanted her to do. Yeah, his wife was in deep. 
I know this was not of her own doing, and that is now clear given recent developments, including her finally realizing who Tim is and what has happened. He made her believe I was controlling and manipulative myself. I think she started to see everything through that lens after a while until she finally saw him for who he is. Tim would call my wife obsessively day and night without boundaries. With what I have seen in limited texts, I can only imagine what was said in hours upon hours of conversation. According to my wife, most conversations centered around Tim, his mental state, his need for validation and comfort, and his issues. That doesn't surprise me at all, given his narcissism, but I am sure it was deliberate to build trust, loyalty, and to manipulate them. He would even say things like, I'll put a bullet in my head. If you ever leave me or betray me, my wife would also spend hours on the phone with Janet, the psychic, hours on the phone with Janet, the psychic, whom I believe was Tim's enabler. I think he would often manipulate people through Janet. Now, this doesn't sound like, like another similarly situated couple in the news in the last few years, does it? At one point, Tim actually suggested to Rad to get my wife a divorce attorney who would purposely entice me to harass Tim and the Spear Fund so that Tim could retaliate against me. Okay, that is a complex sentence. Let's break it down. At one point, Tim actually suggested to Rad, the guy they're scraping the bottom of the barrel to get, at one point, Tim actually suggested to Rad to get my wife a divorce attorney who would purposely entice me to harass Tim so that Tim could retaliate against me. Yeah, he's really into these, these ops, isn't he? These psychological ops. Even, allegedly, even Rad thought that was probably going too far. So even the guy that's scraping the bottom of the barrel to have work for them thinks that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Rad on that one. <clears throat> Another interesting finding was stumbling upon some of my wife's notes. One in particular was extremely disturbing, especially when I read it without the benefit of context. The note was describing some sort of trance or spell Tim was under while under the influence of ketamine. He was talking to Nephi, Tom Harrison, and others. There's the Tom Harrison name rising again. Tom Harrison, the author of the book Visions of Glory. So this is a note that his wife had written that this man finds. And the note was describing some sort of trance or spell Tim was under while under the influence of ketamine. So she's taking the note. She's being a scribe, perhaps. He was talking to Nephi, Tom Harrison, and others. He was talking about past lives and how he and my wife were together in a past life, held captive. He was saying that my wife was an angel and chosen by Catherine to carry out these missions. Catherine being Tim Ballard's wife. The note dates back to January 8th, I believe, of 2023. It lines up with the time he was grooming, harassing, and sexually exploiting her during his operations. Later, my wife told me he asked her to drive him to that treatment and stay to take notes. So she was taking the notes. I believe he deliberately and purposefully said the things he said during that treatment under the guise of not knowing what he's saying as part of his spiritual manipulation process. Yeah, you think? Perhaps it didn't have the impact he expected because we are not LDS. I'm not sure, but I know it was calculated. 
I believe my wife was a victim just as much as any of the other women. She was used, exploited, manipulated, coerced, and duped by the best of them. Tim does not care about anyone or anything beside himself, his image, and his money. He will use whatever he can for personal gain. Unfortunately, he has destroyed our marriage and our future because of his selfish narcissism. He broke relationships that meant more than anything to me. He affected my work and my ability to make a living. I have no idea if or how my wife and I can find a way forward. But I know it will never be the same. Some things cannot be undone. And that is something that we will have to live with for the rest of our lives. I hope Tim realizes the depth of destruction he has caused, not only to me, but to other husbands and the women he decided to victimize. So that is the end of that statement by the husband as the second statement in the newly filed couples suit against Tim Ballard. So let me go ahead and take that off the screen. Okay. Yeah, that's actually just about as long as the first statement that I read yesterday from the wife, maybe even a little bit longer. All right. Well, that's it for tonight. Please hit like, please hit subscribe, leave a comment. And thank you to all the wonderful donors who have contributed and donated to Radio Free Mormon over the years by going to RadioFreeMormon.org and clicking on the donate button. Thank you so much. Your donations keep Radio Free Mormon broadcasting behind enemy lines. Well, that's about all for tonight. Until next time, this is Radio Free Mormon. And I've got to find this. Eventually, I'll get this smoothly. Uh, until next time, this is Radio Free Mormon. Uh, signing off the air. That's it. Good night, everybody.